Hello and welcome to the Fit Girl Club podcast. I'm your host and coach Helen and I'm here to help women lead a healthier and happier lifestyle. Hello and welcome to episode 21 of the Fit Girl Club podcast. Happy New Year, everyone. I hope you've all had a fantastic festive period, Christmas, New Year, New Year, all the celebrations. I hope you've spent some quality time as much as you can with family and friends. I know there was loads of people that unfortunately got COVID over the Christmas period. It was rife, still is, I think. And um, unfortunately, some of you might have had to isolate, but I do hope at some point you had that connection. And you know what? We do live in a world with social media, which can be a hindrance to, to, to us sometimes. But it's also such a big blessing for me. My family's in Australia at the minute. My brother lives there with his partner and my niece and nephew. My mum and dad have gone out for Christmas and I had some of the best Christmas experiences by um, video calling them. Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, and New Year's Day because of the time difference. So, love to you all. I hope you fully enjoyed the festive period and I hope you've indulged because that's what it's about. It's about enjoying time, family and friends, and then having those Christmas indulgences. But if, like me, you have eaten too much, hands up if you've eaten too much. I know you can't see it on a podcast, but I've literally got my hand up. Both hands, both hands. Cheese, chocolates. Dates filled with marzipan, oh, all my favourite things, all the food, pork pie, the lot. And I don't normally eat that much meat and I've, I've meated myself out. So fully enjoyed it with zero regret. I think the main thing with enjoying these indulgences, festive periods, holidays, anything like that, for your mindset is enjoying them with zero regret. There's no point in taking it with you, that selection box you ate last week, taking that with you for six months, feeling guilty about it. It's in the past. You've done it and enjoy it. And now it's time. It's a great opportunity, new year to move on. Before I started this podcast, I was just saying on my live on Instagram, I was like, and I need to reiterate as well, actually, I need to say it again, because there is this whole new year, new you saying that goes around and I used to be in the club of, what do you mean new year, new you? It's the same old you. But if you want to be a new you come January the 1st or January the 3rd as it is today, do it. Do whatever. I'm not going to swear in the podcast there. Do whatever the frig you want to do. If you want to stay the same as you were, do it. I think there's so much pressure in society these days because of the great thing that is social media unfortunately is has a hindrance on our lives and you see all these people like oh well karen's doing this and sharon's doing that but if you don't want to do it you don't feel any pressure to do anything you don't want to do i'm going to talk about different things throughout the podcast today um about new year motivation because i want to come on and give some new year motivation because i want to be there for the people that want to make a change or want to try something new or want to go on a bit for health kick I know for myself personally, my online group Shred starts next week. I'm super excited for it. I've rejigged it again. It's going to be the best Shred ever. We're going to do mindfulness as well as habits, as well as sleep, as well as nutrition, as well as exercise. It's going to be all singing, all dancing for the new year. But for me personally, someone who's very highly motivated, 365, 
I've been training over Christmas still. I wasn't very well, actually, which which frustrates me because how on earth can someone that gets so much sleep, doesn't drink anymore, doesn't drink alcohol, eats well, looks after themselves. I was sick. I was poorly. I got a really bad cold. I literally did a lateral flow test every day. I was like, it must be COVID. And it wasn't. I just got really sick. So my training did take a little dive, but I still got out, got some movement in because I'm highly motivated and that's what I enjoy doing. That's my personal preference. You do you, hun. You do what you enjoy doing and no one else can tell you otherwise. Take that. Run with that. But this um, episode is going to be for motivation. And I'm going to tell you about how you can have like more energy, really. How you can feel better in your own skin. Um, and maybe, maybe give some insight into how I can help you. And little ideas moving forward. And if you want to make a difference this year want to work on yourself healthier happier fitter stronger be the best version of yourself then I'm going to give some tips on how to do that because I think that's more beneficial than me standing here going you need to lose weight you need to be fitter you need to do more exercise it's not for me or anyone to tell you what you need to do the only person that should be telling you what you need to do is if you go to a doctor and they say right you're on borderline diabetes type 2 that's a bit of a warning sign. But everything else, it's your personal preference. And if you're looking at someone else's social media and thinking, well, they're doing all this, I feel lazy, I'm not doing that. That's on you, that's in your head. You need to let that go. Because there's always gonna be someone out there that's doing more than you, but who knows what goes on behind closed doors. When I said that then, I literally did inverted commas. I keep forgetting that because I'm live on Instagram. I keep forgetting that I'm also recording a podcast. So there's always someone out there that's doing more how do you know what they're doing behind closed doors and who cares who gives a damn it's about you it's you versus you it's you versus you yesterday it's you versus a year ago it's you versus 10 years ago rant over so new year's motivation let's start off nice and simple they are well known and it's what we call a new year's resolution i think these is so funny these because Majority of people celebrate New Year's by getting drunk up to midnight and then they have a resolution to not drink in January. But I swear down, a lot of people, especially if you drink or if you're going to a party, you'll have been drinking after then. And then the 1st of January comes and you're hungover and all you want to do is eat, you know, the leftover cheese and crackers and all the chocolates left over. So sometimes I think New Year's resolutions are setting you up for failure to start with. So I like to, with my girls change the record of it, and why not we said set New Year's intentions. Now, what an intention is, is I intend to. I'm going to try my best to. And the way you do intentions is you'll set them out as you would a goal. But a goal is like, it's an end goal. It's somewhere to get to, and you've got to reach it. If you don't reach that come December 2022, you feel like a failure. So why not set intentions to improve your life, to give you more energy, to make you feel happier and healthier. And I always do this at the start of my shred as well with my girls. So what's your intentions for the shred? Obviously with my shreds, it's six weeks. And the reason I do six weeks is because people can focus for six weeks. Anything longer than six weeks is hard to focus. Your intention should be set for the year, then broke down into quarters, which is 12 weeks or thereabouts, three months. And every 12 weeks, you should have a refresh and relook over and how you're doing. And the way you set an intention is, so 
I don't like using weight loss as an intention, even though I know a lot of you, when you first get into leading healthier, happy lifestyles, you'll think that's what you want. You're like, I want to be this size. I want to lose this weight. But once you start actually bettering yourself and becoming healthier and happier, it becomes less about weight. I talk about this a lot as well, that um, I literally, the number on the scale means nothing to me. I'm the heaviest I think I've near enough ever been, even before I started training and I was overweight, um, I think I was about the same weight, if not, I'm heavier now, but I'm leaner now, I've got more muscle mass, so this is why weight is just such a, I believe, poor metric to pit yourself against, plus it just changes so much, depending on the time of the month, the time of day, if you've been to the toilet, if you've eaten, Water retention, if you've eaten more carbs and you're retaining more water, there's loads of things that go to it. So I don't like to use weight loss goal. Clothes size is usually a good one. And I would say when you're setting your intentions, if you want to have a weight or aesthetic, so the way you look, goal, absolutely fine. Like I said before, it's your life, do what you want, have one. But then I always say to my girls, have two more. So I say about three, three goals is a great intention for the year, three intentions something good to work on um and i would say i have like at least one that's non-aesthetic so nothing to do with your looks so let's set the intention that by the end of the year you're gonna run 10k so i'm gonna set this intention that you're gonna run 10k by the end of the year now at the minute you've not really done anything you never really run before you know you enjoy running so that's why you're running because you enjoy it you're not doing it because you think you need to do it you do it because you enjoy it so you're going to set an intention to run 10k by the end of the year. So the way you break that down is in the first three months. So you'll probably reach that before the end of the year if you really put your heart and soul into it. So you'd break it down into the first quarters. So the first 12 weeks, is, and that's where you focus on, okay? And then after the first 12 weeks, let's say you're going to run 5k by the end of the first 12 weeks. So you're going to do the couch to 5k, which is a fantastic app, app by the way. And, and that really helps you with your breathing, your intervals, getting you up, getting you going. The way they use the five, couch to 5K, I don't know why I'm promoing this right now, but the way they do it is literally like you'll run 100 metres, walk 100 metres, and it makes it so much easier than just going, oh, I'm just going to go out and run 5K, because if you've never run before, you will die, and you won't be able to do it. And that's not me being negative. That is literally being like, because you'll all run too fast, because everyone runs too fast if they've never run before, like a gazelle. And then 100 metres down the road, you're like, why am I dying? Been there, done that, bought the t-shirt. So, your intention is to run 10k of the year. So you do the couch to 5k in the first 12 weeks. And you follow that and then you reevaluate after 12 weeks. And be like, oh, that went really well. Or it didn't work well. I didn't actually do it. I said I was going to do two days a week. And then, then the first two weeks I did two days a week. And then I dropped off. Life got busy. I didn't schedule my time. And that's how you work on your intentions. Anyone that needs help with this, just join my shred. I'm here to do all this for you. But that's how you are going to reach your New Year's intentions. It's not by going, I'm going to run 10k this year. And then hoping that two weeks on Tuesday, you just go out and just do it. Because it very unlikely will happen. I do know someone, but he was already, he worked in fitness. It was the assistant manager at Pure Gym that I used to work in. And he actually... um he put his name down for the Manchester Marathon. So he was already fit, but then he went and did it without any training. He said he died. He said it was the worst thing ever. 
and he did just go out and do it and he did finish it. I don't know how he did it. That You have to have a really strong mindset to do something like that. But more than likely, any of you out there, especially if you've never run before, if your intention is to do 10K this year, if you don't set a plan out and work towards it, get a coach or an app like Couch to 5K, you'll probably not achieve it because it's too hard. It's not saying that you're not good enough for it because you are. You can do anything you set your mind to, but you've got to have a plan for it. It's not just going to come to you like magic. So you plan out your year. Great. So for example, my goals this year, <laughs> intentions, are better mobility. So I'm working on my mobility. So I'm actually, I went to um, one of the girls I go to CrossFit with. She's a really good physio. So shout out to Ali. Um, she's getting a podcast shout out. She, um, I went to a session with her last week. It was amazing. We only literally did from neck to um, lats, which is just under boob height. That was in over an hour. We've got so much to work on. Booked in for four weeks, but if I can get in again before then, we need to do the lower half because I do so much work. I'm so tight. But one of my intentions with her is, and I had an intention to do this anyways, to work on my mobility, but she's told me to work up to a three or four minute stretch and I've been doing it watching the telly at night and at the minute one leg for a stretch called the pigeon um I can do like 20 seconds because it's agony because I'm that tight my hips are that tight so that's my intention for the year work on my mobility and then I broke it down into pigeon lizard three or four minutes um that I'm going to work on and then my, then I've broke it down further that I'm going to do that four times a week so I've not set myself an intention to do it seven days a week because you're already setting yourself up for failure then. Say you're ill one day, or um, your childcare cancels, or anything like that. Don't set your intentions too hard. If you make it too hard, it's gonna be too hard to achieve. There's something that was going around last year, I've not really seen it this year. What's it called? The hard, the hard 70, the hard. Oh my God, it'd be good if I knew what it was called. And it was literally one of my girls last year in Fit Girl Club was like, oh, what about this? Shall I do this? And it's like, don't drink alcohol, don't any, eat any sweets, exercise twice a day, um, do all this for like 70 days. I was like, I didn't want to say to her, you're not going to be able to achieve that because I don't want to be negative to someone. But it, if it sounds impossible, it's going to be impossible. Even for me, someone that's obsessed, yes, I am obsessed with fitness, um, you know, over the years, I've built this up as well, girls. I didn't just start yesterday. This is seven years in the making that I've got to this place. Plus, it's my career. Plus, it's my passion. Plus, I live for it. So, I worked my way up to this. But even for me, is it hard 40? Um, getting up to... Challenge. Sorry, I'm just Googling this. I've gone quiet on the podcast because I've... Getting up to like exercising twice a day is a lot. I, I go for a walk every day and I exercise most days, but that's a lot and it's a lot of strain to put in your body. So if you're not hard 75, that's ridiculous. So if you're at a current stage where you're exercising maybe once or twice a week, do not then set your intention to exercise seven days a week. Plus, girls, you should all be having at least one rest day. Even I've learned that. We're not athletes yet. So don't set your intentions too hard. Then, if in 12 weeks, right, you say, I'm going to exercise two days a week, you're currently at nothing, going to go up to two. If then in 12 weeks, you look at it and went, well, actually, I had three days a week, you can change it to three days a week, you can change it to four days a week. Make it slightly challenging, but achievable. Because if, you not, if you're not achieving it, your motivation is gone. 
New Year's motivation. Celebrating the wins. If you're not winning, your motivation is gone. If it's too hard, you're not going to be able to do it. If you've got an 800 calorie day diet, ridiculous by the way, to lose body fat because you want to lose two stone and you Googled it and it says if you do 800 calories a day, you'll lose two stone in a month. Yeah, you might do, but you're not going to be able to do it. You will not be able to stick to it. Number one, you are not giving your body the nutrients it needs. Number two, you'll have no energy. Number three, you'll feel like shit. And number four, you'll end up binging. So you'll just be like, everything that you said you can't have, you will overeat. So it's better to do everything in moderation. It takes longer to achieve your intentions, but you'll achieve them instead of giving up. That's why fad diets don't work. They're too hard. They're not an accurate representation of real life. As soon as then anything comes in the way, a holiday, an event, a night out, you can't stick to it. So make your intention something you can stick to and then you're going to have that sense of achievement and you can shout about it and be like, I'm amazing, look what I've done, blow your trumpet girls, we should all be blowing our trumpet more and then win. Easy. So, small changes, yeah. No overhaul in your life, girls. Come on. You're not going to go from zero exercise yesterday to eating six Kit Kats a day to no Kit Kats a day and exercising every day. Small steps. If at the minute, pun intended, if at the minute your step count's 3,000 a day, you're not going to be able to achieve 15,000 a day by tomorrow. So go up to 7,000 a day. It's a challenge. You're probably going to have to go out for a walk. You're going to have to settle something in for the day. You're going to have to plan your routine. But instead, in, oh, back to that. Instead of just sitting on the sofa for four hours at night, you might have to go for a walk around the block. But it's more achievable than going from 3,000 steps a day to 15,000. Because you'll probably hit it for the first two days. Because you're like, yeah, I'm buzzing. Look at me go. Look how amazing I am. Woohoo, 15,000 steps. Then after a couple of days, you're like, can't bother with this and you won't be able to stick to it make your intentions achievable celebrate the wins it's all about building new habits and it's about adding these habits into your lifestyle i've done a lot of research i've read books about it atomic habits is a fantastic book if anyone wants to read it by james clear i've listened to podcasts I've then practiced this personally and I put it into practice with my coaching about how to install new habits into your lifestyle. And the easiest way to add a new habit is by looking at your day-to-day life. So you, what time do you get up? Then what do you do? Then what do you do? When, then what do you do, right? Write this down. I get up at time, eat breakfast, brush your teeth, I mean everything, da, da, da. go to the toilet, have a cuppa, and then look at what you're doing. And then have a look at your daily life and think, wow, I can fit that in there. But don't be like, I can fit that in there, that, 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 because then that's too much, it's like going back to the previous point. But if you start going, for me, example, for me, example, the example for me, how I started meditating. So I started meditating two years ago now, I've meditated for near enough every single morning. My meditation has completely changed now after two years. I can do unguided meditations. I can stop now and just do a, I could do half hour if I wanted to. I could guide you on meditation. I've done a lot of learning. I've done a mindfulness course. I've done loads of things about meditation and research. But when I first started, 
I downloaded the Calm app, which is £35 a year. That is it. And on there, they have a daily Calm and it's 10 minutes. And I thought, right, the way I'm going to do this and make it a habit that I stick to is I'm going to make sure for a month, one month, that every day, and this you can do every day, I'm going to set my alarm 10 minutes earlier than I'd normally get up. So I was getting up at six at the time and I set my alarm for 10 to six. For a long time, my alarm was 10 to six. And then I'd get up, I'd get ready and I'd do my meditation. And I did that every day. I just, I, I had a ridiculous streak. I missed one day when I went to go visit my best mate and um, we'd been out drinking when I still drank. And I missed the next day. I was like, gutted, you've lost like 200 streak. I've also got a really addictive personality, so. But that's how I stack that habit into my daily life. So if you want to start doing something, get up a bit earlier. I'm not saying get up like at five in the morning like I do. Get up 10 minutes earlier before the kids get up for everything. Go for a walk around the block for 20 minutes. Do something that's going to start your day with a win. Tick. My life changed when I got a dog, right? Goodness how some of you have kids. But when I got a dog, I was like, oh, I can't get up, get ready, and then do my meditation because she's there at me. I can't meditate with the dog jumping up at me. She doesn't do that anymore now. I think she would actually let me meditate until the postman comes and she starts barking. That happened once. 10 minutes into meditation, she starts barking. That's awful, by the way. Do not recommend. You're in this zen moment and your dog's barking. It's like, it, that's like, <sighs> brings you back round. But um, so I changed it now. So I still get up earlier. Well, my wake up time's different every day, depending on what I'm doing or coaching. And then I will meditate in bed. First thing I do in the morning is change my music, because I sleep with rain noise on. Oh no to this like chill out playlist and I'll do a 10 minute meditation unguided that I have worked on. And it's taken two years to get to this, but that's how you have it stacked. So you add something in to your daily routine that you're already doing and you change it. Meal prep, things like that. There's, when we talk about meal prep, I need to just talk about this for a minute because I think a lot of people will be like, new year, new me. Um, Sorry, I shouldn't say it like that. New year, same you, better you best version of you. And they're like, oh, I need to meal prep. Now, meal prep, I don't meal prep. I don't cook all my meals on a Sunday night for the, the week because, no. I will have a plan in place. I and What I recommend all my girls do is write a weekly plan of what meals you're going to have. You tend to eat the same breakfast every day. Lunches are similar. So then you already take away that decision making because we come, we become mentally fatigued, especially after the end of a long working day, to make that decision. And if you've got something planned in place, something easy to and healthy and nutrient dense to cook and get ready, which you can do. There are so many meals you can make that are still really healthy, nutrient dense, that take 10 minutes. Then that takes away that decision for the evening. You look at your weekly plan and go, oh, we're having this tonight. Done. So if you have a fat loss or even if you just want to have more energy and eat more nutrient dense food, I really recommend that you plan your week, weekly meals and do a shop before you're in Tesco at half seven at night, knackered, buying donuts. Been there, done that. Didn't actually buy them. I looked at the calories and then thought, no, I can't do that because five donuts to one person is a lot. So I talked about aesthetic um, intentions and non-aesthetic intentions. So I recommend you have, if you want an aesthetic intention, go for it. Um, If it's going to be anything, I'd do pictures as your measure of progress and clothes size, not the number on the scale. Then have some non-aesthetics. So mine, like I said, was mobility, 
Number two is a pull-up because it was last year's and I didn't achieve it. I did a chin-up and I've still not done a pull-up and I will do one this year. I will. And then number three. Oh, it's to do a four-hour meditation. So I'm going to look into going to guided meditations at the Buddhist Centre and things like that. Really looking forward to that. Um, and do a bit more work on my spiritual side. I did actually look into booking a silent retreat. Um before COVID, so I might do that again. Imagine me silent for a day or more. It's meant to be really invigorating though, like seeing into your own head. So that's my intentions for the year and then you break them down. Now, there's a couple of things I want to touch on before we end this podcast. And I'll talk about them separately. So I want to talk about two things before we finish. And it's two things that are really popular in January and the new year, new you and everything that goes with it. And I think it's really important to discuss these two things. Now, I come from a place of experience, but I also, as a coach, want to tell you how these things will benefit you, but also things to look out for. This is totally up to you. No opinions in this. Do what you want. It doesn't matter whether you do it or not. Now, one thing that's really popular in January is veganary. Veganary? Veganary. So basically, eradicating all meat, dairy, animal-based products from your diet for the month. As someone that has massively reduced their meat intake over the last year and a half, since I watched the David Attenborough documentary, I thought I need to cut down my meat intake. I used to snack on chicken on an evening to get my protein in. And I literally went from eating a lot of meat to absolutely cutting down. Now, I still eat meat, but it's more like a treat for me. So like on the weekend, over Christmas, I had some meat. I mean, of course, Christmas dinner. Um, But I don't buy it. And really, maybe once every few weeks. But the reason I want to talk about veganary is because I think it's really good. And, you know, if you want to do your bit for to help the environment, also the health benefits it'll have with it, because with veganary, what you tends to happen is you'll end up eating more vegetables. So you'll t- tend to eat more nutrient dense foods. So I want to help you with that. But I also want to tell you to make sure that you aren't just cutting out a food group. Because if you go full vegan, which I'm not, I have milk alternatives because I'm quite lactose intolerant, but I still have milk. Um, I still have things like cottage cheese, baby bells. Um, Greek yogurt, because I use a probiotic now, I'm getting too in-depth with this, but I I use a probiotic that helps with my lactose intolerance, so I can have things, um, a bit of lactose. I eat them for the the calcium and the protein content. I also still eat eggs. I basically live on eggs, and I eat fish more in the summer, less in the winter. So I have, I I always call myself a choicetarian. I don't like put a name to it. Um, it's how I choose to eat. I eat a lot of vegetables. I don't really like potatoes. I'm a bit weird. I know that. Different. I don't really eat mashed potato chips. I'm not really fussed every once in a while. So I don't get potatoes. So I eat a lot of vegetables and then I'll eat protein sources. Now, if you're going full vegan, good for you, but you need to make sure you're still getting the nutrients in your diet because this is the problem that people will have, especially women, when they go full vegan. Now, You've got a plate of food, so imagine you've got your dinner normally. Chicken, broccoli, and rice. Let's say, bro meal. Just get rid of that chicken, and there's your vegan meal. That is not going to 
satiate you, number one, make you feel full. Number two, give you the nutrients you need, especially if you're training, especially if you want to lean, be leaner, fitter, faster, stronger, because there's no protein in that. You've got your carbs and then there's still, there's no fats as well. So when we talk about fats and healthy fats, we're talking about the fat content that you find in eggs, fish, meat, okay? Now, you need to make sure that you then do an alternatives for this. So there are fant- there are loads of alternatives. You can be vegan and still have a really good diet that's going to give you nutrient dense density for your all your food, but you need to be doing your research a bit more. It's not as easy as just eating broccoli for a month because you're not going to feel great. So we're really lucky in this modern world that we have lots of meat-free alternatives that are usually, is it the word fortified? 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 Fortified. It's not fortified with iron. Basically, in, I think it was in the World Wars where everyone was on rations and food wasn't as nutrient dense as it was before, they started putting nutrients into stuff like bread. So iron and B12, you'll see like we've added iron and B12 in certain things and that's to make sure people get the right nutrients. So there's a lot of plant-based products that will now have extra iron and B12 in because that's what you can become deficient in. Iron and B12, if you're not eating um, eggs, red meat and things like that. And if you get a B12 deficiency, and you don't do anything about it, you'll have it for life. B12, lack of B12, (coughs) excuse me, will make you feel like rubbish, lack of energy. So if you're not getting enough of that in your food, you need to be supplementing it. So I recommend anyone that's doing veganary or any vegans or anyone's trying to go vegan, B12 and iron. I take iron tablets every day just to make sure I'm not deficient then you need to be looking at your diet and you need to be replacing that protein. So everyone should be aiming for at least a gram of protein per gram of weight that they are, minimum. So I weigh 75 kilograms, gram of protein per kilogram of weight you are, not per gram of weight you are. I weigh 75 kilograms and I aim to get at least 75 grams of protein. To be honest with you, I aim for 150, I aim for double that, all the gains. So you need to be looking at those alternatives. And no matter what they say on the Netflix documentary, there isn't the same amount of protein in broccoli as there is in steak. There just isn't. But there are lots of things that you can get protein in. So if you're going full plant-based, you've got things like lentils, chickpeas, beans, legumes. Tofu is a fantastic um, replacement of protein, really high in protein. It's soy-based. I'm intolerant to soy. I can't touch the stuff. But if you get anything tofu, any meat replacements that are tofu, tofu scramble, have it for breakfast, get protein powders, vegan protein powders. There's so many things that you can get to put in your diet. So make sure you're replacing that protein. So you don't just chuck that chicken breast off your plate and that's your meal. Replace that protein. There are so many recipes online. There are so many vegan alternatives now really lucky the the market has really grown in the past couple of years so that's one way of getting your vegan alternatives and then the other way is meat replacement so bird's eye do green cuisine there's corn products that are vegan some aren't some are have got egg based proteins in there's loads of things out there so do your research feel free to message me 
Um, I can give you any help, tips, advice. I've actually got lists of stuff um, that you can replace it with, but make sure you're still getting those nutrients. So you're not just getting rid of meat. You need to relook at your diet. And I think that's the common misconception that comes when you're doing veganery. Also, just because you become a vegan doesn't mean you're necessarily healthier. It might be, but it might not be because vegans can still eat chips. So if you just lived on, you know, chips from the chip shop, watch out for chip shop chips, by the way, because some are in um, dripping, which is cow fat. But if you're eating chips cooked in sunflower oil for the next 30 days for every meal, you're not going to feel great and you're probably not going to have the benefits of weight loss that you might think that you'd have with veganery. Um, you know, you could sit and eat non-dairy ice cream all day. So becoming vegan, if you're doing it for a health reason, isn't necessarily always the optimal way. If you're doing it because you want to try it or because um, you want to help with environmental factors, then go for it. For me personally, I just reduce my meat intake. That's why I say I'm choicetarian. Um, and that's another thing. You don't have to be like, ah, I'm doing veganery. Look at me. You can do what you want to do. Going back to the start again, it's up to you and what you want to do. Okay, that was veganery. Last thing I'm going to talk about dry January. What? What? It's such a good time to be sober curious. And it's such a good time to dip, dip your foot in trying out alcohol-free products as well. Now, I need to put a massive disclaimer with this because I am sober. Whoa, I'm sober. What? Someone once texted me, I've blocked that person and said, oh, it makes you sound like you're an alcoholic. I don't think I was, but what if I was? How dare you say that to me? People are dips. Anyway, so for dry, sorry, I went off track there. Dry January, sober curious. Also, something you don't need to put a label on. If you're drinking seven days a week and you want to try drinking two days a week instead of seven days a week, I'm also in your corner and supporting you. I'm not saying to anyone that they need to do try January or they need to cut down their alcohol intake. That is your own personal preference, all right? I spent my 20s and most of my teens drunk. Drunk. I was, I was drinking every night. One point, I think I did have a problem and I was drinking like two bottles of wine every night just on a Tuesday because it was Tuesday. But that's my, my history and my issues with alcohol. And that's my personal thing because I did have a bad relationship with alcohol. And that's why I stopped drinking. But it didn't just happen overnight as well, guys. I literally developed over the years. I cut it down massively. And then when I was drinking, it wasn't in line with my values anymore. So that's why I decided to stop. I also said I'd stop for a bit. And then after six, well, after a month, I was like, I'm actually going to do a year. And I've now done over six months. And to be honest with you, I've not looked back. And you can have fun without alcohol. It's in your head. If you think you can't have fun with alcohol, that's in your head. But when it comes to cutting down alcohol intake for the health benefits, honestly, and this is something I talk to my parents about a lot, and it's not just about the drinking, it's everything that comes with it. If you have one sip of alcohol, it will affect your sleep that night. I've got my fitness watch, my Garmin. I bloody love my Garmin. And... The only time now it says when I'm stressed, when I'm asleep, is when I've not been well. And literally my cortisol at night's working overtime. But when I used to drink, if I had one drink or two or ten, your cortisol is affected at night. You do not get good quality sleep. When they talk about having a nightcap and you think, oh, I need to have a drink to knock me out, to make me sleep. It honestly, when you have a drink, it'll knock you out, going to that like deep, 
sleep and then you have like disrupted sleep all night you're up you need a drink your headache you do not get good sleep quality at night which then has a knock-on effect to the next day because if you're not getting a good night's sleep your willpower is lowered your hunger hormone is higher and your satiation hormone is lower so your gremlin your ghrelin is higher so you'll feel hungrier and the hormone that makes you feel full is lower so you feel hungrier you've also got diminished willpower diminished decision making lack of energy which makes you reach for those sugary carb high fat foods the knock-on effect of drinking is more than just the effect of how many calories in you're in a, in a corona oh not a good choice of i still love a corona though so i'm not saying to you stop drinking completely but it, sometimes it's good to look at the benefits of reducing your alcohol intake having a few days off seeing how that works with one of my one-to-one clients, she loves to drink. She works in events, and I always name and shame her. I don't, I'm not going to use a name, but and it's not shame because that's her lifestyle. If you want to drink, drink. There's nothing wrong with that. Do what the frig you want, like I said at the start. But she wants to have more energy and feel better in her own skin and feel better at training and things like that. So we literally write down in a weekly check-in what day she's not drinking next week. And she she it was her decision to do this, and then she will literally put like what days she's not drinking and she'll have nights off drinking. You don't necessarily need to do dry January completely, but give it a go. Give a few things a go. Alcohol-free drinks are actually fantastic. I get some of the beers and especially in summer, I was worse because it'd be Saturday night, be sunny out. I'd be like, oh, beer garden. Could just sink a few. But my problem is I can't just go for one. I can't moderate. It turns into a sesh. It turns into an all-nighter. I'm at the party all night. So that's why another reason I stopped. And um, yeah, so I'm craving a beer. And I'll get an alcohol-free beer out, crack it up in one or two, and I'm great. Me personally, I'm great. And I used to love a drink. So yeah, that's dry January. And I just wanted to discuss that a bit because I think it's really important. And if you want to try it, you can do it. Also, you don't have to be like, oh, I did dry January. Or, you know, you're trying to do it now. And then by next week, you've had a drink. And you're like, oh, I've given up now. So I might as well give up. No. Just because you've had one night, you can still go on and try and reduce your alcohol intake. Stop setting these like restricted goals, these restricted targets to get to, and then you'll be more successful. Anyone that's wanting the ultimate helping hand, the New Year's Shred is starting on Monday. I'm opening the group on Wednesday. It's now Monday. It's going to be the best shred ever. I cannot wait for it. This year, I'm doing it differently. For all of those that have worked with me before that have reached their fat loss goals, I'll now be doing, um, oh, I need to say the words correctly, get leaner. So basically build muscle mass without putting on body fat. So I'm going to be teaching you all how to do that. So I'm still doing fat loss, but it's also about body recomposition. As always, habits, healthier mindset, everything that comes with it. I'll be setting out weekly, provided by my app, True Coach. You'll get a weekly like, exercise, meditation, stretching, mobility, so much stuff going in there. And then you've got the Facebook group as well, which is always a great support, meal ideas, everything that comes with it. Then we've got a weekly planning call as well. Honestly, girls, if you want to hit your 2022 goals, you need to come in the shred because it's the best thing ever. I know I made it, but I've done so much work over it. I started my first shred two years ago. So the development of it has come on so far. So I'm really proud of it. And I know it gets everyone guaranteed results. So that's the end of episode 21. See you next week.
I hope you enjoyed the Fit Girl Club podcast. For more information on how Helen can help you, have a look at www.helensuttonpt.co.uk. Have a great day.